Alrighty, good people. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk About It, the great area. It's your girl, Lanita Harris here. And today we're going to kick off the series, Love, It Still Works, by talking about counting up the costs. Now, we hear a lot about loving people and what it should look like, right? But I don't think we hear a lot about counting up the costs associated with loving someone. So we're going to break this love series up over three episodes so I can dissect it like I want to. Mm -hmm. Come on, y'all. Let's talk about counting up these costs. It's never too late for you to embrace who you are. It's never too late to embrace who you were designed to be. Okay. Remember last week in the Let People Be Who They Are episode, I mentioned the love scriptures and confessing them over yourself by putting your name in place of love. So we're going to start there today. Now, let me just say right here, guys, if you want to increase your love walk and start confessing these scriptures over yourself, oh, you finna attract some people and situations to yourself to put these here attributes into practice. You hear me? Uh Uh-huh. So go on and get ready. (laughs) All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. So if you're in your Bible app, that's the AMP version, not the AMPC. Okay, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and it is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. Verse 6. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Verse 7. Love bears all things regardless of what comes. It believes all things, looking for the best in each one. It hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times, and it endures all things without weakening. Verse 8, love never fails. It never fades nor ends. And guys, if we skip down to verse 13, it says, and now there remains faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these three is love. So let's talk about Christianity. Christianity is a religion that's built on and around Jesus Christ, right? We know that. And if you've heard about Jesus, then you know that the main characteristic discussed about him is the way he loved people. All else that he did was done as a result of that love, the relationships he built with people, the miracles he performed, the three and a half years of traveling that a lot of biblical scholars call his ministry, right? That's detailed there in the New Testament. All of that came because he loved people. And we don't know much about his life, really, before that three and a half years of time. Now, this love that he had for others ultimately led him to sacrifice himself because he believed that it was necessary for the benefit and betterment and freedom of all mankind, past, present and future. So the most important element to the Christian religion is love. It's talked about a whole lot and therefore followers are taught to and highly encouraged to be like Jesus in that regard. Now, we as people, we tend to do our best to love others. We really do. But there are questions that trip us all up from time to time. Maybe a lot of the time, depending on who you're trying to work it out with. Amen. Oh, Lord. And these questions are number one, 
How much is enough? Number two, how much of myself am I going to have to sacrifice just to prop someone else up? Number three, when can I stop, Jesus? Huh. Number four, what about me? And then there's this one desire in addition to these questions that we all have, which is, don't let me go. If you've listened to my podcast for long enough, you've probably realized that I'm really, really about balance and I do my best to try to help people find balance for themselves and their lives. So I'm going to answer these questions today in the best way that I can. All right, let's dive into these questions. Question number one, how much is enough? Well, the reality is we are human. We have our own stuff to deal with and navigate. We are finite beings and we are literally emotionally incapable of emulating all of these beautiful things that are mentioned in the scriptures all the time without being negatively affected by it or worn down in some other way. I for sure absolutely believe that we can get to the place where we emulate those characteristics way more often than not, but it just takes practice. Second question. How much of myself am I going to have to sacrifice? Now, you know, I believe we can all point to a person and maybe even ourselves who we've seen give so much of themselves to others or to things that they have nothing left for themselves. And we wonder, is that really worth it? Question number three, when can I stop? Well, everyone has their limit, right? And typically we give what we are comfortable with. How we grow, though, is giving past our level of comfort, which means then that we're getting into our level of sacrifice. Growth comes from sacrifice. And there comes a point when we have to analyze how much we are giving and have given from our sacrifice to others and see how it's affected us and how it's affected the people that we say are the closest and most valuable to us, right? Because whatever we're giving to others We aren't giving to those closest to us simply because we can't be in two places at once. So we have to get to the place where we start analyzing that and also being conscious of the sacrifices that the people closest to us are making to allow us the freedom to give to others. See, that is also a part of our growth. Then that fourth question, what about me? Guys, this is a very, very important question to consider because it's vital. This question is vital to our mental, emotional, and physical health as a human being. And in the Christian religion, we are typically taught to not consider how you feel about anything. Because what we're told, the predominant message is, it's not about you. It's about God. Your career, your calling isn't about you. Your story isn't about you. Your stuff that you go through, it's not about you. You're going through for somebody else. Come on, somebody. Have you heard that before? Like literally the message is your very life isn't about you. We're taught that everything we experience is basically to help someone else. And we're instructed 95% of the time or more to put others before ourselves because that is supposedly the way of love. Now, while that's one way of love, it's not the only way of love. And that particular way, if it was the only way of love, that'd be kind of drab, right? And unexciting, even unfair that you'd be created and fashioned by a God who doesn't really care about what you want because what he desires you to do is more important. And if you don't do what he wants, well, then hell is your end or some other type of hardship. Like, dang, bro, that's rough. 
What's the purpose of creating me with the freedom of choice if I'm low-key going to be punished for using my choice if it doesn't line up with yours, God? See, this is the what about me question that trips us all up a lot because we have these feelings and these questions that play in our mind that we don't really want to utter because either we already know what somebody's going to say or we don't want to mess nobody up. We don't want to offend nobody. We don't want to sound like we don't believe in God. We just got questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? So listen, so often leaders in Christianity present messages that push us to stay in situations and relationships with people to our own detriment by not providing a balanced look at love. And these situations and relationships that we hold on to, some of them are truly hurting us and damaging our psyches. And we're supposedly doing it all in the name of love because it's those leaders' idea of what Jesus would supposedly do. Listen, guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. It's important to understand that the vast majority of pastors and church leaders and even Christian followers bless their darling hearts. They are not trained psychologists and they do not know the specific emotional and maybe even physical ramifications of your specific situation. And it's highly unlikely that they're going to be present with you to help you navigate your emotions or thoughts and concerns and fears outside of those set church hours because they have families, too. And they're not to be faulted for it or anything like that. It just is what it is. Right. And even if they are present through counseling or whatever, listen to me, it's still highly unlikely that they will be able to give you the specific emotional tools you need to dive deeply into your behavior and patterns and analyze and make the necessary changes. Because, again, they are not trained, licensed psychologists at best. All you're going to get is scripture because that's what they know. That's their area of expertise. And there's nothing wrong with that. OK, just understand that. So listen to what they're saying. Take it with a grain of salt. Apply whatever you can and whatever works. Keep it. Whatever doesn't work, maybe put it on a shelf and come back around to it at a later time. Now, guys, the answer to all of these questions, how much is enough? How much of myself am I going to have to sacrifice? When can I stop? And what about me? Is the same answer. And it's one that maybe you might not like, but it's true. The answer is it is solely dependent upon and respective to you or us because I'm lumped into it, right? Because we are the ones in the situation actively doing the giving. So we have to set our own boundaries and priorities because others are doing the receiving from us. They are the recipients of our love and gifts. And some of the recipients of our love, guys, especially when it's fashioned in these characteristics of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, will never want us to stop giving that to them. So they'll keep coming back for more and more and more, and they will drain us. Some of the recipients of our 1 Corinthians love will push us away because they don't know how to receive it. So they'll say it's too much. And that's going to affect us negatively as well, because then we're like, well, what did we do? Well, maybe we did too much. Well, maybe we should do less next time. And listen, both of those responses from the people that we're giving to are valid. Yet they are respective to each individual on the receiving end. Do you see what I'm saying? And unless the recipients of our love have been taught to recognize our level of sacrifice and what we're giving, they probably will never see what we sacrifice to give to them. Now, it's important to understand that we cannot and should not live our lives solely based on others' feedback and responses to us. Though we should not live our lives based on it, we can learn from that feedback. 
And we should absolutely welcome it when it comes, when we're able to welcome that feedback. Because for every person that says how great we are, there's going to be another person who feels differently because they feel slighted in some way, specifically because we cannot give to everyone all at the same time, all on the same level. So whatever connections we have in our lives, the relationships that we've built with people, we have to prioritize our relationships because we're finite beings and we have a limited amount of energy. So yeah, we're going to drop the ball sometimes and that's okay. Why is it okay? Because everything works together for the good. Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for the good. And guys, that is the truth. And once we graduate to a level of maturity where we can see how all things work together, we can really just chill on a lot of stuff. And because everything works together, that's how balance is able to be achieved and instituted. I want to give you some helpful thoughts. If you feel burned out all the time, take a look at how much of yourself you're giving to a person or people, a business or a project, whatever. Look around at the relationships in your life and see how they've been affected. Look at yourself. How have you been affected? Ask the people that you value most in your life what they see and what they've noticed about you. Because it's highly likely you've missed a lot while you were being so focused on giving whatever you were giving, whether you were giving of your time, talents, treasures, whatever sacrifices you were making. And then once you hear this feedback, count up the cost. Is whomever or whatever we've been giving to worth that level of sacrifice from us? Why or why not? And that why or why not is something that only you can determine. See, there's a fine line between being a place and source of comfort for people and being a welcome mat for people. And you have to determine which side of that line you are falling on in various seasons and times of your life. Okay? And listen, you can never stay on one side or the other because we will all fluctuate concerning that line. And that's just the reality. It's our job, however, to adjust ourselves and our boundaries based on our analysis and the feedback that we get from others. Now, let's deal with that desire that I mentioned. Everyone has that one common desire of don't let me go. We want people to see us for who we truly are. We want people to love us for who we are, regardless of what happens, because we just want that emotional safety of being loved and valued. Right. So we don't want to be let go of. And because of this, it causes us to be takers. I want you to understand there's nothing wrong with being a taker, okay? Because we all must be open to receive freely just as we give freely. So we are each both givers and takers. It just depends on the day or season or predominant psychological disposition which trait we'll be more inclined to at the time. Let's talk about this taking mode. Guys, depending on our emotional deficit, I want you to hear me and hear me good. Depending on our emotional deficit, we may be desirous of a lot, maybe to the point of being insatiable. And the thing is, guys, in that insatiable place, no one or thing, no compliment, no amount of words of affirmation, no amount of time spent with us will ever be enough because its essence is that it cannot be satisfied. That's what insatiable means, incapable of being satisfied or satiated. So here's what insatiable looks like. More often than not, you're asking something of someone, their time, their talent, whatever, and you're not conscious of that person's level of sacrifice that's doing the giving to you because the deficit that you have runs so deeply that you can only see what you're not receiving. 
and your happiness is fleeting and is dependent upon what the other person is doing for you and how they are meeting your needs or perceived needs. Listen to me closely here. If you fall into this category in a season of your life or with a specific person in your life, like a significant other, parent, or friend, you will not, you will not see this about yourself. So this is where that feedback from others that I mentioned earlier is really going to come into play, all right? You're really gonna have to ask those people closest to you if they feel like or think you request more of or from them than you give to them. And you're gonna have to listen to their response without your defenses up and being ready to explain why you needed what you needed or why you did what you did. Listen, Uh uh-uh, not necessary. Just listen and ask for specific details and situations so that you can try to remember what you were feeling in those moments of your request. What happened that day that might have thrown you off? And then dive deeply into how you were raised or reared by your caregivers and see if there's a connection between what you're asking of others and what you did or maybe didn't receive from your caregivers. Because it's likely that's where your request is stemming from. If you had caregivers that were super present and engaged and the world seemed to revolve around you, well, you're psychologically conditioned to things revolving around you and you expect it to be so. So when you feel like it's not revolving around you, Honey, you was just threw off. You hear me? (laughs) Or maybe you had caregivers who weren't there mostly in some regard and you really desired them to be, but you learned to cope with their absence. And when you've run across other people that have shown you their dependability and reliability, you just went into overdrive because you had no balance in that area. You didn't receive enough of it, enough of the presence to know how to be comfortable with it and just roll with it. All you know is you want more of it. So start there with that feedback. And baby, if you're going to do some deep digging like this, like I just mentioned, my recommendation is to find a good licensed therapist or psychologist that you vibe with who can walk with you through this rattling of the cage of emotions. Because baby, your cage is going to be rattled. Do you hear me? And you're going to need a steady, experienced hand and presence to give you the tools you need to help navigate until you can help yourself navigate. Now, I'm going to put a link in the description below to a very, very nice resource that you can check out for a therapist, okay? In conclusion, guys, now knowing that we're both givers and takers, knowing that we're going to be takers, it's our job to count up those costs as well by analyzing and recognizing the amount of energy and resources that we are taking from the people that we love and or who we believe love us. Are we taking too much? And how can we give back to them? In what ways can we use our strengths and our abilities to help them? How can we be actively engaged in their lives and dreams and ideas and what they have going on? See, this is all a part of walking circumspectly and just really a part of emotional and spiritual maturity, guys. Now, next week, I'm going to tell you my story. Because I fell into that insatiable space in a couple of aspects of my life. And if you deal with a deeply rooted sense of insecurity like I have, then Doc, listen, (laughs) insatiable is probably your portion. I ain't gonna even lie. I ain't gonna front. Listen, as the young folks say, no cap. (laughs) And nothing's wrong with that, right? So don't get to judging yourself or being all critical of yourself. Listen, it's all right. We just acknowledge it and we begin to recognize it so that we can shift it 
change it and grow from it and grow beyond that place so that we don't negatively affect our loved ones more often than we positively affect them. So tune in next week to hear part two of the Love It Still Works series where we'll be talking about the transformative power that can be found in love by holding on to someone and letting them go. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. You can start on love.